Good morning, everyone. Looks like everybody's moving as slowly as I was this morning until I looked up and saw what time it was and then I put on the boosters. I even left Quint. I said, I got to go now. <laughs> I hope everybody's had a good week. Um, if you are a visitor here this morning, welcome. We love having you and we welcome you that are uh, online with us this morning. If you are a visitor, there's a connect card that we'd love for you to fill out. Uh, if you would, and just leave in your seat or place in the box. For giving, you go to cypressstreet.church slash give, or there's a box there in the back on the wall, or mail it the old-fashioned way if you'd like to. Wednesday, we're going to have a Bible study, um, 6.30 p.m., and that will be with Ray Owens. And then next Sunday, we will have worship with Stacy Leonard. And this morning, we're going to start off with a video about our children of promise. So if you'll join us for that. Dear sponsor, thank you for making homeless possible for me and my friends. Happy birthday to children of promise. 30 years? Wow! I can't imagine what being 30 must be like. I do know that because of you and your friends around the world, we have a bright future ahead. This Christmas, give a gift that lasts and choose your own adventure. Help children of promise start another 30 years of amazing work by giving to our big birthday goals. Help children experiencing poverty in 30 plus countries. Don't worry, I made a list for you. Help kids awaiting food, education, healthcare, and discipleship by donating and sponsoring. Your donation can even help some children start their journey after graduation in college or in trade school. We also want to give back this year to the 1,000 global volunteers that make Children of Promise possible in their own hometowns. Well, I think that's it. You can learn more at childrenofpromise.global slash 30 where you can donate or sponsor. I was just thinking that some of us kids will be your age when another 30 years is done. Maybe we'll be the leaders by then. I can't imagine all the good that will happen by then. And it all starts now. So happy birthday, children of promise. And to all your friends out there, thanks for making homeless possible for kids like me. Thank you. Now that was an exercise in turning your head sideways this morning, okay? Some of you were really good and, and could do it without turning your head. I was really impressed. Children of Promise is an outreach ministry of the local church that provides nutrition, education, health care, 
discipleship for needy children in more than 30 countries. Each month, our church contributes to the administrative cost of this organization. Children are sponsored by groups or individuals in our church. 2022 is the 30th anniversary of this organization in ministry. An offering is being received to get needed resources to children that are waiting sponsorship and to empower over 1,000 global volunteers who are making it happen year in and year out. For two days in the last weeks, the offerings received were tripled. Our church gave 500, which became 1,500. Thank you for your faithful support of Faith Promise, which enables us to participate in projects such as Children of Promise. The Lord is my strength, my heart trusts in him, and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to him in song. What a mighty God we serve. That's a good way to start. Don't you feel better now that we started with that little, uh, huh? <laughs> How great is our God is another beautiful song. Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. 
danced in church. It's a cute little ditty. Um, you'll see on your bulletin this morning, we have several uh, prayer requests. Um, I'd like to read those off to you and take these home with you and pray over them during the week and any others that might be mentioned. Uh, this week we're asking prayer for Meredith Vickery, Sandy Adams, Dale Green, Reuben Mitchell, Robbie and Cynthia Worsham, Haley and Madeline with COVID, Jerry Crane, Marie and LB Honeycutt, good to see you here, 
Jonathan and Beth Todd, who are returning to Brazil, Children of Promise, our search team, and all the many COVID situations. And I'd like to add a couple that uh, happened yesterday. The Swallow family tragically lost um, their son, Michael. He's with the Washita Parish Sheriff's Department. And then um, Bill Norris, that many of you know here in the community, tragically passed away yesterday also. So if we'll just keep all of those people in our prayer. And if you'll bow right now, I'll say a prayer. Father God, we do ask that you be with each and every one of these situations. Just be in the middle of it. Father, we pray that each and every one of these people and their families and their friends and whatever it may be that they turn to you to get the peace that only you can give, the healing only you can give, the comfort and the strength that only you can give. We ask for the many, many more that are on our hearts that we just haven't spoken but you know, and we know that you know each and every one of them. And Father, we pray for the ones who don't have anyone to intercede for them in prayer. We know that you love everybody just the same. Father, thank you for this day and letting us be together and for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. And we have Scott Lamb, who we know very well, and his parents. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Scott, I don't think you really need much introduction, so just come on up and take over so I don't clear the building. Thank you, Miss Barbara. Yeah, it's good to be back with you this morning. I was just surprised. My parents surprised me and showed up too. Uh, Miss Mary said, you just watch out. You never know when your parents are going to show up. <laughs> so, so it was good to be back with you. Rebecca's down at Camp Pollock with the College Charge event, so she sends her love and... Um, We'll just be continuing to pray for them as they're wrapping up that today. I haven't seen you all since before Christmas, so I, I trust you had a, a blessed time with each other and with your families and, um, and had a great New Year as we uh, rang in the New Year last week. Uh, we had a great time uh, in Oak Grove with my family, and uh, it was just a, a good time visiting with family and a good time all around. So we're glad to be back this morning, though. I received, uh, I suppose that you all gave and received gifts, right? Uh, as sometimes when you say, uh, how, especially I was talking to some of the little kids who say, well, how was your Christmas? And they'll start, well, I got this and I got that, you know, and they talk about the gifts that they got, right? And that's what it's, uh, a big part of what it's about. That's what we do, isn't it? Uh, of course, um, our culture can tend to get our priorities a little bit out of whack in the buying frenzy that we have just to get the, the right gift for someone as we recognize the birth of our Savior. Is that me moving around too much, Larry? Okay, all right. I can stay real still if I need to. All right. But now I don't see anything wrong with uh, exchanging gifts as part of our Christmas celebration. But... Um, I think it's funny sometimes to see kids interacting with each other at Christmas or shortly after, and it seems like they inevitably ask the question, so what'd you get? What'd you get for Christmas? And then they'll exchange their stories about their gifts. Okay, sometimes maybe us adults do that too, right? Uh, so what'd you get for Christmas? I got my shoes. I got these shoes, right? So thanks, Mom. <laughs> but um, 
Isn't it funny to see how really little kids react to their gifts? You know what I mean. I'm sure you've all experienced it, maybe with your own kids or with some other body, some, somebody else's kids, but they maybe hesitantly take the wrapping paper off or maybe some of them just tear into it. But then a lot of times they're more interested in the box and the paper than they are in what's actually inside the box, right? And so how they react and how they respond uh, to their gift is uh, kind of humorous sometimes. What happens to all those Christmas gifts? What do we do with them? My papa used to love to tell the story about a gift that me and my brother got one year. You might can uh, maybe clear, clear it up if I got it wrong, but I was probably, there's five years apart. We're five years apart. So I was probably 11 or so, and he was probably six, somewhere in that range. And um, I don't know if in your family, if everybody opens their gifts all at the same time or if you go around and do it, but, but we'll usually go around. But if a lot of times the kids receive the same gift. So in that case, they would say, okay, y'all open them up at the same time. Y'all follow me? Y'all kind of do that kind of thing? So we're opening up our, our, me and my brother are opening up our gift, and I'm opening mine. He's focused on opening his, and, and um, my papa told it as Brian had a, just a big smile on his face as he was opening his gift, and he opened it up and saw um, two bright, shiny red boxing gloves. And then the smile kind of faded off his face when he realized I had the same gift. <laughs> and he says, now Paul Paul told it like this. He said, uh-oh, this looks like trouble. So, so I don't know uh, if there was really ever much trouble between us two over that. But that gift, I, I don't know how long that gift lasted, but, but that was a fun gift we had. Um, sometimes those gifts just kind of get lost in the shuffle. What happens to all the Christmas gifts? What do we do with them? Of course, it's natural that some are more special than others. For the few that are really cherished, I'm sure there's bunches and bunches of them that are just kind of neglected or pushed to the side or forgotten or lost or exchanged or re-gifted or returned. You know, the lines at the store sometimes after Christmas are just as long as they are before Christmas and all the returning of the gifts. But what do we do with our Christmas gifts? I've titled the message this morning, What to Do with Your Christmas Gift. So if you'll hang with me this morning and follow me on this one for a few minutes, try to give some consideration to this idea. We've all received a great gift, haven't we? God gave us the greatest gift of all in His Son, Jesus. This scripture's very familiar to you, John 3:16, "For God so loved the world that He gave. He gave His only Son, that whosoever believed in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God gave His Son to us. That's a great gift that we've received. What have we done with that gift? I have a memory of sitting under a sermon when I was a teenager, maybe early 20s. Don't know for sure, but, but hearing the preacher bring a message focused on the question that Pilate asked 
when the arrested Jesus was brought before him. After interviewing him for a bit, Matthew 27, 14 says that Pilate was quite amazed with Jesus' response, or lack thereof, as, as the case might be. In finding no particular chargeable offense in him, you'll remember what happened next. Verse 15 of Matthew 27 goes on to explain that during the Jews' Passover feast, the Roman governor was accustomed to release for the people any one prisoner whom they wanted. Remember that? So Pilate asked the people, Whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Christ? Now that's an interesting question in and of itself. And we remember how the crowd answered, don't we? But that's not the question of Pilate that has stuck with me so well from that sermon so many years ago. It's the question that Pilate asked after the crowd called for the release of Barabbas. In verse 22, Matthew 27. Matthew 27, verse 22. Pilate says... Oh, 26 is a really long chapter. Okay. <laughs> chapter 27, verse 22. Pilate said to them, the crowd, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? What shall I do with Jesus? I think this is a question we should each answer in our own lives today. We've all been given a great gift in Jesus. What are we doing what have we done? And what are we going to do with that gift? I'd like for us to look at the lives of a few people from Scripture this morning and see what we can learn from them maybe and how they might have answered that question, what shall I do with Jesus? So first let's look at Mary. Now there's several Marys in Scripture, right? But the one I'm talking about is Mary the mother of Jesus. I guess we could say that the gift of Jesus came to her before anyone else, right? What a special person. To be chosen by God to be the one who would carry the promised Messiah as his little body developed in hers. What a responsibility. What a privilege. And what a gift Mary received in Jesus. And how did she respond to this miraculous gift? We're going to be looking a lot today in Luke chapter 2, but this is in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 38 records Mary's response when the angel was explaining how all this was going to happen. Luke 1.38, Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me according to what you say, God. That was Mary's response. Mary cherished the gift of Jesus and dedicated her life to him, humbly submitting to live according to God's will. 
and God's purpose for her life. Now, I can't mention Jesus' mother without also mentioning Joseph, right? Have you ever gotten a surprise or an unexpected gift? Talk about unexpected for Joseph. This was an unexpected gift, wasn't it? Maybe you've received a surprise gift, one that you didn't necessarily want. A gift that you had thoughts of returning. <laughs> Think about Joseph. Joseph could have divorced Mary right then and there and just gone on with his life, not having to worry about this surprise gift that had been presented to him. But I'm glad he didn't, aren't you? To say that this situation would be hard for Joseph to wrap his mind around would probably be an understatement. But instead of getting mad and just bolting away from the situation, he listened to and believed God. He was faithful to God. He accepted this baby Jesus into his home, into his family, into his life. I went off and left the book that I meant to bring, but uh, I don't know if you've read Max Lucado's God Came Near. I'd recommend it. And in it, he gives an explanation and a description of Joseph and how he basically kind of went out on a limb to receive this gift. And um, I don't know if you're fans of Max Lucado, but he puts them, he can word it in a way that only Max can. And I think it's, a, it's really good, a good read. But Joseph accepted this gift. Mary and Joseph accepted the role of being Jesus' earthly parents. I'm going to read a familiar passage that we've read a few times probably over the Christmas season. But Luke chapter 2 verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. The precious gift of God, the baby Jesus, was to be raised in their home and under their care. But they didn't leave him lying in the manger, did they? They brought him home. They nurtured him. They cared for him. They built a relationship with him. They let him grow up in their life. They didn't leave him in the manger. And neither can we. Neither can we. I hope you'll uh, allow me a couple minutes to read this little snippet <laughs> that's in my study Bible about this verse, Luke chapter 2, 7. It helped me. I think it'll maybe speak to you too. It says, Although our first picture of Jesus is as a baby in a manger, it must not be our last. The Christ child in the manger has been made into a beautiful Christmas scene but we cannot leave him there. This tiny, helpless baby lived an amazing life, died for us, ascended to heaven, and will come back to this earth as King of Kings. Christ will rule the world and judge all people according to their decisions about him. Do you still picture Jesus as a baby in a manger, or is he your Lord? Make sure you don't underestimate Jesus. Let him grow up in your life. I like that. Let him grow up in your life. 
We can't just leave him laying as the cute little baby in the manger. But he's to become the Lord of our life. We've got to take him out of the manger and let him grow up and mature in our lives as we mature in the life of Christ. So Mary and Joseph. Let's look at the shepherds now. The shepherds, wow, after this angelic birth announcement from the heavenly host, the shepherds fear, you know, people are always afraid when angels come, right? <laughs> but their fear quickly turned to joy and they went in a hurry, scripture says, to go to Jesus, their promised lamb of God. They were invited to greet the lamb of God who would take away the sins of the whole world forever. Now they were familiar with lambs, right? They were shepherds after all. But here was the lamb of God that they had a special connection with and they had been given the birth announcement of from the heavenly host. I like what uh, Luke chapter 2 verse 20 says. It says, tells us that after they had seen the baby, they went back glorifying and praising God. They went back glorifying and praising God. I'm going to take time to, to read the passage. We've read it a few times recently, but when they were doing that, don't you think people asked them what they were going on about? All this glorifying and praising God. What a story they had to tell, right? Spreading the word about what they had experienced. Have you and have I discovered a Lord so wonderful that you can't help sharing Him? That you can't help sharing the joy that you've experienced with Him with your friends? Verse 17 and 18 of Luke 2 says, They made known. They made known about Jesus. And all who heard it were in wonder, it said. Now we talked about kids with their Christmas gifts. You've seen them, right? It's not very common to see them eagerly sharing their gifts with someone else, has it? It's like, this is mine. It's my gift. This is my gift. But the amazing thing about sharing God with others is that we don't lose anything when we give it, when we share it to others. Miraculously, it seems like it even multiplies in us more when we share it with others. But do we share it? Are we afraid to, maybe? You know, it seems like it might be easier to talk about just about anything else than it is to talk about Jesus. To use the J word, right? And I get it. It could be controversial. And it probably will be controversial in some settings. But are we sharing the joy that we've experienced in Christ? And making Jesus known to our friends, to our co-workers. You know, we'll talk about that new rod and reel we got. Or the new jewelry we got. Mary, I, I love that necklace you got for Christmas, by the way. Jerry, if you're listening, good job. <laughs> but we'll talk about those things, but will we talk about the gift that we have in Jesus? I want to encourage us to do that and look at the shepherds and see what we can learn from them. Are we joyfully sharing the gift of Christ with others? 
Now let's uh, continue to look in uh, Luke chapter 2. That went through verse 20. Verse 21 picks up about Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to the temple. And I'm not sure if we really read this scripture that much during our time at Christmas. So I'm going to read this. Verse 21, Luke chapter 2. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. Now Joseph had been told by the angel, you shall call his name Jesus. And Joseph was obedient to that, right? And he did. He said his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Verse 22, And when the days for their purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. Verse 24, And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In verse 25, and this is where I want us to look at, at another example in Scripture of someone we can see about how to respond or what to do with our Christmas gift. Verse 25, we're introduced to Simeon. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents, so in walks Mary and Joseph, right? In walks Mary and Joseph with Jesus. And verse 27 says, And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he took him, Simeon, he took him into his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have pre prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And his father and mother were amazed at the things which were being said about him. So Simeon knew when he took the baby in his arms that he was holding the promised Messiah. And he knew that, that God had promised, you're not going to die until you see him. So he had been looking forward to this for years and years. And God gave him this promise, you're going to see him. You're going to see him. Before you die, you're going to see him. And Simeon knew when he held that gift that he was holding the promised Messiah. He saw in him the importance of who he was. The salvation that was promised was in that baby that he was holding. Simeon recognized Jesus as the Messiah and said that he was a gift from God for salvation to all. This gift of Jesus for Simeon was like a hope that was fulfilled. It brought, brought him peace because his hope for the salvation of all had come as God had promised it would. He recognized the importance of the gift. Do we realize this about our gift? 
Or do we fail to recognize the importance of Jesus for our salvation? Do we take his saving power for granted? Maybe even disregard it and instead just kind of focus on just being a good person. Okay, if I can just do good, everything's going to be all right. Have we lost sight of what we need? The salvation of Jesus. What was given to us in this gift of Jesus. The salvation for all, as Simeon said. I believe it would do us well to consider the cross. To consider our wretchedness, our sinfulness. You know the song Amazing Grace said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. It saved a what? A wretch. A wretch like me. When we consider our sinfulness, when we consider our wretchedness, then maybe we can recognize and appreciate the gift we have in salvation in Jesus more and more. God knew that we needed a Savior more than anything else. And that's what he gave us. You probably heard the poem. I don't know if the author is known on this, or I would give him or her credit. But it says, If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. Do we recognize the gift that we have in salvation in the gift of Jesus this morning? He is our salvation. The wise men. Let's look at the wise men for a moment. I'm going to skip over to Matthew now. Matthew chapter 2. We can see the uh, account of the wise men. Now they had traveled hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands, I'm not sure, of miles to see the king of the Jews. When they finally found him, they responded with joy, it says, and worship and gifts. We all know about the gifts. You know, the Frankenstein, right? <laughs> That's what a lot, a lot of the kids say. But um, they, they worshipped him. They fell down before him and they worshipped him and they presented him with gifts. They responded to God's gift with gifts of their own. They wanted to give back to God. Now this seems to be a little different from the approach that many people take today. We expect God to come seeking for us and prove himself to us of who he is and explain himself to us and give us gifts, which he does. But those who are wise, like these wise men we read about here in Matthew, those who are wise still seek and worship Jesus today. Not for what they can get, but for who he is, the king, the king. The wise men accepted God's gift with worship. Their gift giving was an act of worship. The essence of true worship is honoring Christ for who he is and being willing to give him what's valuable to you. 
He is worthy of the best that we have to give. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2 is interesting. Right after it talks about them bowing down and giving them gifts, verse 12 says, And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country by another way. By another way. So after finding Jesus and worshiping him, the Magi were warned by God not to take, not to return through Jerusalem as they had intended to go. They were to go a different way. Now I think we might can learn something from the wise men here about accepting the gift. Accepting the gift of Christ may mean, will probably likely mean, that you have to take a new direction. One that's a direction that's responsive and obedient to God's Word. Am I, are you, are we willing to be led a different way? Sometimes we mistakenly think that we can accept God's gift of salvation to us, but not have to change the direction of our life. We have our certain way we think our life is going, and we're not going to let this gift of salvation change that. But we accept it more than just a gift of salvation, but also He becomes our Lord. And as we obey Him, our life direction is going to change. Our life direction will change from being one of just self-centeredness and wanting to follow my way to being obedient to God's Word and following Him. Are we willing to be led a different way? We can't skip Herod. He's in this, intertwined in this story about the wise men. Matthew chapter 2. Herod the Great. He was disturbed by God's gift, wasn't he? The newborn king, he would not accept it at all for fear of losing his own throne. He didn't want to worship Jesus as the wise men did. He wanted him out of the picture. And he planned to have him killed. After the wise men tricked Herod, he was furious and he gave an order that all boys under the age of two, remember this edict, all boys under the age of two be killed. He wanted him gone, right? Herod completely misunderstood the reason for Christ's coming. Jesus didn't want Herod's throne, but he did want Herod to make him the king of his life. Jesus wasn't trying to take something away from Herod. He was trying to exchange something for something even better. And even in our day today, this probably hits home as it did in Herod's life. Today people are afraid that Christ wants to take something away from them. When really he wants to give us. He wants to exchange for something that's real. Real eternal life. Not just the temporary life that this, this life gives us. 
He wants to give us real freedom and real peace and real joy. So let's not be afraid of Christ like Herod was. Let's not be afraid to give him the throne of our life. Now Herod was unsuccessful in killing Jesus, wasn't he? And he died a couple years later. Herod I'm talking about. Jesus was king by divine appointment. And one day, whether we do it now or not, every knee will bow before him. So let's accept the gift of God and make him the king of our life now. Jesus escaped being killed by Herod's order because Joseph was obedient to follow God's guidance into Egypt and stay there for a while. Joseph and Mary were able to raise the child in their home and watch him grow up. Can you imagine all the lives along the way that this gift impacted? When his ministry started, he was a gift of restored sight, of restored health, of restored life to the people who accepted him. Yet scripture tells us that his own people rejected him. When the purpose for his existence here on earth was close to being accomplished, there was mixed response to this Christ King. The crowds, remember, were kind of fickle. They couldn't decide if they wanted to accept Christ or not. I've wondered sometimes if some of the same people who were in the crowd chanting Hosanna and putting their palm branches before Jesus as he came through on the donkey that day were some of the same people that were in the crowd a few days later crying, crucify him. Crucify him. The crowds, they just couldn't decide what to do with this gift, could they? They couldn't decide what to do with Christ. What would they do with Jesus? And this is the same question that Pilate would ask them that I read earlier in the sermon. On the day of Jesus' trial, Pilate asked, What shall I do with Jesus? And we know what Pilate did. Basically, well, the scripture says he washed his hands of the blood. He didn't want to accept any, any responsibility for what was being done to him. Pilate had a decision to make about Jesus, but he didn't want that responsibility. He didn't really want to give the religious leaders permission to crucify Jesus, but he gave in to their pressure, and he let them have him. He had no good reason or good excuse to condemn Jesus, but he was afraid of the crowd. And the same question posed by Pilate echoes to us today. What shall I do with this Jesus who is called the Christ? We ultimately have to make our own decision. The crowd can't make it for us. What will you do? Or what have you done what are you going to do with God's Christmas gift, His Christmas present to you? Have you, like Mary and Joseph, obediently accepted Him into your lives and into your home and let Him grow up and be a part of your daily life? Have you nourished the relationship and watched it mature? Or have you just left the cute little baby laying in the manger? only to bring him out once every year 
still as a baby, a neglected gift, nothing more? Have you laid him aside like the nativity scene on your coffee table in exchange for a different, for the next season in your life? Have you discarded it or lost it or exchanged it for the next new shiny thing to come along? Have you conveniently stowed it away and you know what I mean by that? You know when someone gives you a gift and you don't really want to throw it away, but you don't really like it. You're afraid if they come around in a few weeks, you can bring it out and let them see that you still have it. Right? <laughs> have we conveniently stowed away, only dragging it out for display when certain people are around? All these things we do with Christmas gifts. Ooh. God forbid that we've done the same thing with the most precious gift of all that we've received. His son, Jesus, the only hope for our salvation. So let's do like Simeon. Let's do like Simeon and accept this gift as our only hope for salvation. Let's do like the shepherds with joy and praise and eagerness to share it with others. Let's do like the wise men with sincere worship and giving their best. Now, Simeon told Mary and Joseph that Jesus was light for the entire world. Light. We've been given the gift of light. What have we done with our gift? Now, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount talks about the light. And he says, you don't just hide it under something. You don't put it under a basket. You don't put it in the drawer, but set it out for all to see, right? We've been given a gift in Jesus. Let's encourage each other today to not just throw the gift in a drawer, but set it out for all to see. The light of the world. The light of the world. The light shining before all men. Our Musicians will come. I believe we will close in a song this morning. Let's think about our Christmas gift today. What are we doing with it? I'll go back to that that I read in the uh, study notes of the application Bible. Let's not just leave him as a cute little baby lying in a manger. But let's make him Lord of our life. He wants to give us life. He wants to give us life. And let's accept this gift that way. Let's pray. Dear Father, we love you. We're thankful for this great gift that we have in Jesus. God, help us not to neglect it. Help us not to just set it aside. Help us not to just bring it out from time to time, once a year maybe. But God, uh, we celebrate it during this time of Christmas. But God, it has given us life. It's given us light. It's given us salvation. He is the hope of the world. God, we're thankful for this gift we have in Jesus. Help us to be able to share it with others. Help us to be able to let the light shine so that all may see. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand with us as we sing, Jesus is Lord of all. If you're unable to stand, don't worry about it.
being here this morning. I wish you all a wonderful week in the upcoming days and I ask that we accept the gift that we've been given and share that gift. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your gift. Thank you that we can receive it in such an easy, easy way and thank you, Lord, that we can also give this gift to others. We ask that you watch over us, be with the ones that we've asked for prayer for this week, and we thank you for all the blessings in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.